From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Derek Robinson, the executive director of People Against Covert Torture and Surveillance International, as we discuss electronic harassment, mind control, targeted individuals, and we'll also open up the phone lines for questions and comments this hour. And I would love to hear from people uh, who believe they are being targeted for electronic torture and surveillance. Let me give you those numbers now. In the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area, 416-360-0740. Again, in the GTA, 416-360-0740. And toll free from just about anywhere, one 866 740-4740. 1-866-740-4740. Uh, now, before we get back to Derek Robinson, a quick programming note. Next week on The Conspiracy Show, uh, Nicola Lonchar from the Tesla Science Foundation will be here for two hours discussing the remarkable work of Nikola Tesla. And uh, just a reminder to check out my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited. New episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Conspiracy Unlimited. Listen and subscribe at conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. And if you'd like to support our work here at Strange Planet, uh, please consider becoming an official donor at patreon.com forward slash strange planet. All right, back to Derek Robinson, Executive Director of People Against Covert Torture and Surveillance. Uh, before we go any further, Derek, how do people get in touch with you at PACTS? Okay, they can write to us at our email. Well, first let me give our website, which is www.pactsntl.org. That is uh, PACTS, P-A-C-T-S. And like Nancy T, like Tom L, like Larry dot org. Um, our uh, contact number is one eight 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 five five nine. I'm sorry, six three nine five 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 nine. That's one eight 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 six three nine five 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 nine. All right, and um, you mentioned again that you have uh, something like is it two thousand members, and you meet how often online? Uh, we have uh, conference calls that um, that we meet on. We have conference calls on Saturday night and on Monday night. And the conference call schedule, there are other conference calls in the community, and those schedules are posted at our website. I also need to give my uh, our, uh, our email address, which is info at paxntl.org. Pax N as in Nancy, T as in Tom, L as in Larry. What does the NTL stand for? Uh, basically, um, our name, which is People Against Covert Torture and Surveillance International. Ah, okay. So the um, the uh, NTL is the short form for international. Got it. Okay. Exactly. Now, be- before the break at the top of the hour, uh, Derek, you were telling me about uh, detailed information you had about the, the number of targeted individuals in the United States 
and you said somewhere between one and two million, which is astounding. Uh, but you said that that information came to you from a reliable source, a whistleblower. Tell me more about this person. Okay, um, it was uh, the summer of 2016 was when um, a guy by the name of Brian Coffrin uh, started uh, to uh, contact certain uh, individuals in our community, and he finally uh, got around to contacting me, um, and I did an interview with him. Uh, quite fascinating, the information I felt that he provided in terms of uh insights into how uh, people are targeted. Uh, he works for a security firm and something I really hadn't thought of as um, a place where there's a repository of individuals that uh, target that target people. So um, there was equipment there um, and, you know, people worked uh, shifts where they... Uh, you know, they did the torture, they did the stalking, um, all that remotely. And so he was a witness to all of that. So we got some insights from him as far as, you know, how people are targeted, who is being targeted, and why. Uh, he believes that it's a social engineering um, agenda that is happening. And um, basically in the Seattle area, he believes that particularly... Uh, homeless men are being targeted. And there is general um, population control activities going on in certain sectors of the city. Uh, he believes that people are being bussed into Seattle for this, um, this mind control experimentation that is happening and for this social control paradigm that is happening there in the Seattle area. So uh, it was quite eye-opening, um, and actually the, the interview can be found online uh, that we did with him, and uh, uh, he ran into, into some issues uh, with certain uh, people in the community, and he ended up being estranged from us, but while he was with us, you know, he gave us some really valuable uh, insights, I felt into the inner workings of one one part of the targeting paradigm. So you mentioned of, that they were, sorry, you mentioned they were busing, he mentioned they were busing uh, people into the Seattle area as part of this um, experiment, if you will. What, yes. what was the purpose of busing people in? Were they taking part in the street theater? In other words, they were they were doing the harassing? Or were the people being bussed in the victims? They were, they were brought in as victims. Um, I believe they were being deposited at the homeless shelter that was right across the street from this uh, security firm where he worked. And they were being observed by these individuals and, and experimented on uh, the they were experimenting on the tech, uh, with the technology on this uh, homeless population in Seattle. Um, they were seeing, you know, what they can, what how they can control people, uh, what they can control them with, and uh, you could actually see a market difference between the areas that were being targeted and those that weren't. Uh, moods were being affected. 
activities were being affected uh, by these technologies, and uh, it was it was quite astonishing to see this in, a, in action. You know, from his perspective, as he was uh, sharing with us. In your experience, Derek, do you find that people with who already have an underlying uh, mental illness uh, or who may have some sort of a, a substance abuse problem may be targeted because in the eyes of certain people, because of their mental health issue or their, their addiction, they, there is already a credibility issue. So in other words, if you target those individuals, no one's going to believe them anyway. Well, yeah, those um, mental patients, drug abusers, have always been on the forefront of human experimentation, and so it is with this program. And what do you say to people, the skeptics out there, and there may be some listening, no doubt, who would say, well, perhaps Derek has some underlying mental uh, illness. Maybe he is delusional. Maybe all of these members of his group are delusional. How, what, how do you respond to what many people, no doubt, are, are thinking? Well, there's always uh, there are always going to be skeptics, especially when you talk about new technology. Um, but uh, the, the targeters they have um, they have basically selected a range of of people to experiment with. Um, remember, this is basically a societal control paradigm, and they're looking at all sectors of society, all walks of life, the entire um, uh, human spectrum is represented in these uh, in this in the targeting program, from from the rich to the very poor. Um, all races and ethnicities, uh, straight, gay, um, you name it. Every every uh, demographic is represented uh, in this targeting because they want to they want to ultimately control every uh, area of society. Um, so you're going to find all kinds of uh, demographics in our group uh, that reflect that. So um, for those that, uh, you know, and, and which includes those that have mental illnesses as well, and there's, there's a certain percentage of that actually in our community, as well as those who are mentally very, very gifted. And I believe one of the, experiment, the experiments with this program is to see if they could take someone with a genius mentality and break them down to... Uh, someone that has no men- mental skills whatsoever, and there are some in our in our community that have come from uh, way way high uh, with mental acu- acuity and are struggling just to make uh, your basic um, just trying to make it through the day. They have been so compromised um, with their mental ability. So I think that there is that experimentation going on. You know, to what extent can they take someone and alter their humanity, whatever their skills might be, into something completely different? So 
So I see that a lot. They try to change sexuality. They try to change um, uh, personality. Um, you know, if you're, if you're straight, sometimes they try to make you gay. If you're gay, they try to make you straight. Um, it's all kinds of experimentation at various levels. And all of this is remote, all of this is hidden, and totally deniable. I would imagine also, if someone had undergone decades of uh, electronic harassment and torture and surveillance, that um, unless you have an incredible will, uh, even if you have an incredible will, you're going to probably have some underlying mental health issues. How could you not after 30 years of torture? Um, that is true. However, it depends upon the extent to which you have been attacked. Uh, there are some that are severely, severely attacked, and you wonder how they make it from one day to the next, and they wonder as well, but they are holding up. Um, and then there's those that um, are maybe experiencing uh, some stalking and harassment issues. So there's, uh, it just depends upon how severe, you know, the, uh, the harassment is. But you're right, after, after a period of time, okay, physically and mentally. Uh, we have a call here. Uh, Stephen is in the Parkdale neighborhood of Toronto, and he wants uh, uh, to get on here and, and, and talk to you. Go ahead, Stephen. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Thank you. I'm just wondering how much you think maybe these are rogue agents from NSA, maybe working for something like Halliburton uh, and implementing it uh, for like guys like Dick Cheney or whatever. All right. The National Security Agency, Derek, uh, you mentioned, you know, the, 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 the Defense Department. Do we have any idea where these perps are? Well, um, I believe it's Department of Defense. In my case, it definitely is. I was uh, at NSA when all this started. So I was a witness firsthand that uh, this is coming from the Department of Defense. Um, NSA is comprised of all of the military services. Uh, the Navy, the Air Force, uh, Marines, and Army. Uh, they're all there. All the services are there. NSA is run by the military. So uh, there's that component. There's also uh, the CIA, I believe, is involved in the experimentation. Would this uh, all be off-budget, though, wouldn't it? I mean, <laughs> you're not going to find a paper trail. You're not going to find a letterhead with the, the, the program on there, are you? Or is it possible that there is a declassified, there's a document somewhere waiting to be unearthed that would, that would provide a paper trail? Okay, we do have one declassified document that seems to indicate that uh, the DOD has been experimenting with voice to skull and some other mind control technologies. And this was brought forth by um, a member of our community uh, in a lawsuit, and um, he made a FOIA request, um, and actually the Army at Fort Meade declassified one of their documents called the Bioeffects of, um, uh, let's see if I can, Selected uh, Effects of um, Non-Lethal Weapon, the Bioeffects of Non-Lethal Weapon, and 
and within that document, they do speak of the possibility of using voices that could disturb uh, one's mentality. Um, so this, you know, th- that document is basically one shining example of uh, that has been declassified that indicates that the DOD has been experimenting uh, in this area as well as uh, the work of uh, Dr. Joseph Sharp, who is a psychologist at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research. Uh, his work has been published, and he was actually the first one um, to successfully experiment with voice to skull. And his uh, experiment uh, with his assistant, Mark Grove, is published in a psychological trade magazine uh, that was back in 1975. So um, there is uh, evidence that the DOD has been, uh, that and also Delgado, Jose Delgado, his work. Right, uh, right. Failed. Going back to the 50s, 1950s. Right, and he, he actually wrote a book about his work, uh, Physical Control of the Human Mind, where he details his work, his experiments with remote uh, control of a human being. Um, first, he uh, started out with with cats and monkeys and uh, uh, bulls, charging things. bulls. He could make a charging bull stop in its tracks. Right. So it was all done by uh, uh, radio frequencies. At the turn of a dial, he could produce these effects. And uh, first on animals, and then he was uh, able to also successfully do that, repeat that experiment on human beings. Uh, He was able to control them, their movements, and their moods to an extent. So, uh, and he could produce all kinds of emotions from rage uh, to anxiety to fear to lust, um, you know, just, you know, happiness, a range of human emotions just by the, by the frequency he was um, projecting at someone. So uh, his work is well documented, and uh, this was back in the 50s he was able to do this. That was so, 60 years ago. Imagine in 60 years <laughs> what they can do now. Right. So Halliburton, uh, he mentioned, this uh, defense contractor. I'm not sure if that particular contractor is involved in our targeting. Um, there have been, uh, there is uh, one report that uh, Lockheed Martin might be involved, uh, Raytheon, uh, some of the other uh, defense uh, contractors, uh, uh, SAIC perhaps. Um, I'm not sure, I haven't heard about Halliburton. All right, Stephen, thank you for that. Can you cite some recent court cases where the plaintiff has been given a settlement or there have been criminal prosecutions? Do you have any examples of that, Derek? We have a few cases where our community members uh, have prevailed. Richard Kane, for example, in California, he was able to win his case. He had two cases. Um, One, he was suing a hospital for implanting him and his children. And he did state to me that he, he won that case, and also it was a case against the government that he won. Uh, Richard happens to be someone who uh, went to law school. Uh, he's not an attorney as yet, 
but he knew what he was doing. He knows his way around the courtroom, and of course that helps uh, infinitely if you're going to court, uh, if you know how to navigate the legal system. In his case, he did, and he had some attorneys that also knew what they were doing, and he prevailed. He is still actually being targeted, though. Just because you win a court case does not mean that you stop being targeted. It just means that you get money. And who was named as the defendant in these cases? Well, in his private suit, it was the hospital that implanted him and his children. And then there was also a suit against the government that he won. I'm not sure exactly what part of the government. He can only tell me so much when I talk to him. So uh, after prevailing in court, um, sometimes it's difficult to get specific information from uh, those that win, but I was able to at least determine that he won both of his, his lawsuits, and then also I discovered that he is still trying to get free of the targeting. So um, that's one thing I learned about uh, going to court, just because you win, win the, the, uh, the lawsuit and you get money doesn't mean that your targeting will stop. Right. All right, we'll take a quick time out, come back, and uh, take some more calls and uh, much more to discuss with Derek Robinson of Pacts International as we continue to discuss mind control, electronic harassment, and targeted individuals right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Please stay with us. Big Brother is listening, and so are you, to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Derek Robinson stays with us, targeted individuals. He is one such, and also he is the executive director of Pacts International, People Against Covert Torture and Surveillance. Okay, I want to go to the uh, the live chat here on the YouTube stream, and we have a number of uh, questions here. Uh, uh, let's see here. Let's start with uh, Jim Sharp. Uh, he's asking, if you've been dealing with this high-tech torture for almost 40 years, how do you lead a balanced life, uh, Derek? It's a good question, Jim. Well, in my case, I'm doing okay. The torture doesn't affect me as some others who have extreme cases of torture and electronic harassment. My situation consists of the stalking, for the most part, stalking and harassment where they affect every area of your private life and try to manipulate things. I also receive the voices, and they can read my thoughts, and they can hear what I hear, see what I see. It makes life a little bit complicated when you make plans because they know what your plans are going to be, and sometimes they go so far as to interfere with your plan. So it makes it difficult sometimes if you're planning something, especially in a business environment where secrecy is important. So I've been doing okay, but I've been trying to help those that have severe physical issues with very little remedy for what they're experiencing. And that's what I have been trying to, to, uh, to help for the most part. Well, that's a good time now then to bring up Pyramid 7's question. And Pyramid 7 asks... What are your thoughts on counter-surveillance? So maybe now would be a good time uh, to talk about countermeasures. How can you, let's say, ameliorate this harassment and torture? 
Okay. There are some basic things that people do to get relief, and that is using some really basic materials like leather, which obstructs the microwave weapons, metal material, uh, objects, also offer some protection from the microwave weapons. Mylar offers some protection from the microwave weapons. Those are basic materials that will protect you for a certain period of time until they ramp up the targeting. Most of the things that people try work for a period of time, but it seems that the tormentors always find a way around it. Um, so people are constantly having to find new ways to protect themselves from the frequencies. So it's been a challenge for some uh, some in our community to stay comfortable. Uh, Jim, uh, let's see, who is it here? Alice. Alice is next. Alice asks, uh, why isn't the government targeting um, America's adversaries with this technology? And if they are... Why aren't they affected by targeting? I'm not sure who they mean by they. In other words, are we targeting, is this being used as a weapon on foreign combatants, enemy combatants, for example? Uh, probably so. But I would have no way of knowing that. All right, we'll go back to the phones. Jim is also in Toronto. Uh, Jim, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Go ahead. Yeah, hi Richard. Good to be on your show. Hi. Yeah, welcome aboard. Probably, yeah, thanks. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> I just said welcome aboard. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, I've been following. Um, uh, I guess you're familiar. You, you did have Michael Salo, was it, on the, about the Q post and QAnon? Yes. And back in July of the summer, um, that topic got brought up about uh, how some of these uh, shooting incidences. Uh, false flag shooting incidents have actually been uh, driven by uh, some rogue CIA operations. And they brought up the case of uh, Jared Ramos, who uh, back in uh, August, he was uh, the 38-year-old uh, Laurel man who was charged with killing five people at the uh, Capitol Gazette. Right. But, uh, so what uh, Q has stated is that uh, Gina Haspel, if you look at some of the Q drops, actually they were, uh, number, they started around 1629 that Gina Haspel was recruited specifically and she was missioned and tasked to, um, dec- to break apart these programs and it states that in the, in the Q drops. Okay, just um, because we're up against a break here, uh, Jim, let me just get Derek to respond to that. Uh, did you have any, any comment on that, Derek? Before we head into the break? Okay, we do have a number of individuals that we have actually come in contact with that have interfaced with our community that were actual shooters. And um, the most well-known of those would be Aaron Alexis. This is the uh, individual that uh, shot up the Washington Navy Yard a few years ago. Um, people tend to remember that. Um that was a case where the FBI, because of the, uh, uh, that became, you know, national headlines and people were very concerned about the, the military installation being attacked. The FBI actually got involved in that case and I was interviewed, um, because Aaron Alexis actually contacted our organization prior to the shooting. 
um, he was actually asking for help. He discovered our site. At that time, it was Freedom from COVID Harassment and Surveillance. And he was looking for some assistance with his targeting. He wanted to meet some people in the area. Listen, uh, let, let's let's take a time out here quickly, Derek. We'll come back and we'll finish up on that point. This is important. Let's get back to it. All right, the conspiracy show continues right after this. The truth is not out there; it's right here. The conspiracy show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back, Derek. We were uh, talking about the shooter Ramos. Uh, in fact, he carved on his weapon. My, I think he said my EMF weapon. Yeah, he actually carved on his rifle my ELF weapon, and he sought help from us at first. He wanted to contact people in the area, but he didn't want to talk over the telephone. He wanted people's addresses so that he could correspond with them by mail, which, you know, I didn't feel comfortable giving out people's addresses, and so he declined further contact. And then two weeks later on the news, we hear that he had walked into the Washington Navy Yard and shot and killed 12 people, and he himself was killed in the ordeal. So there are those that feel that that is the way out of this, and I believe that there is possibly manipulation going on there to bring them to that self-destructive act. They're always trying to bring us to some uh, manner of self-destruction. So, yeah, I believe that that was uh, part of it. So, in other words, he wasn't necessarily being programmed to do this, but he felt this was his only way out of this agony and torture? Well, I believe that he was probably influenced to believe that that was the only way out of this for him. They're very active also subliminally, and not only is the technology able to send voices, it's able to send subliminal thoughts and messages to an individual, just as Jose Delgado was able to project emotion and feeling, the technology can also do likewise. It can project emotion to a person. It can also project subliminal thought. The Russians had a device a few years ago called the LIDA machine that it sold to the United States. And this device also had that capability. And that's something that people can look up online. By Russian standards, it was a crude device. It was given to the United States, made available to them in the 80s. And it could hypnotize a person. It could hypnotize an entire auditorium full of people. It could produce light and heat, as well as subliminal messages. So that was a rudimentary mind control device. And this was back in the 80s. And nowadays, they have obviously much more sophisticated technology that they're using. Earlier in the program, Derek, you mentioned that a staff member on the U.S. House Judiciary Committee had contacted you. Had this person hinted at the possibility there might be, at some point, an inquiry, a committee meeting, uh, legislation, anything like that? That would be possible, but uh, the way Congress works, is that she would need um, a number of her colleagues that would also um, be in alignment with her as, as, as well as their representatives that could uh, bring legislation 
and somehow influence their colleagues to vote for this legislation. Uh, now, Congress has tried to address this issue actually a couple of times in the past. Dennis uh, Kucinich, uh, who was your um, congressman, I believe, was he not? Um, he was a representative for the House. He was in a different district in the Cleveland area. Ah. Was in Cincinnati. Ah. Um, but in 2001, he brought the Space-Based Weapons Act that would have, um, if it had passed, it would have actually banned the weaponry that, that is affecting us. It would have banned all these space-based uh, platforms that affect human beings on, on the Earth. So um, that uh, legislation was was sent to committee and never saw the light of day. And the same thing happened with John Glenn's bill, which had a human. It was it was basically the Human Protection um, Act. It would have given protections for those who felt that they were being victimized by government, um, some type of government research program that um, they felt that had gone uh, awry, um, it would have required the agencies to respond uh, to those that file complaints. It would also have given us a place where we could file complaints if we felt that we were being victimized by an agency who was experimenting upon us. Uh, that legislation also got sent to committee and never saw the light of day. So it's uh, for Congress to pass legislation like that, um, it is really going to require uh, a tremendous amount of public support because it's extremely political. The, uh, the Department of Defense lobby would be against it, and they would have huge uh, obstacles to overcome before something like that would pass. And as long right. as the public is unaware of it, as long as legislators are basically unaware of this technology and this issue, there's really not a chance. That okay, our- Derek, got to take a quick. We've got to take a quick time out. We'll come back and finish up with Derek Robinson. Targeted individuals on the conspiracy show. Don't go away. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. A few moments remain with Derek Robinson. Derek, again, for um, people out there listening who may suspect they are targeted individuals or believe sincerely that they are, how do they get in touch with People Against Covert Torture and Surveillance International? Okay, there is a couple of ways. Uh, we do have a contact line, and that is 1-888-639-5559. We also have uh, an email address, info at PAXNTL, that is P-A-C-T-S, N like Nancy, T like Tom, L like Larry, dot org, and, um, which is um, similar to our website, which is www.paxntl.org. Do any of these technologies uh, work in concert with HARP, for example? Uh, well, that is a good question. There is uh, there was suspicion of that a while back. Um, I really have not heard uh, much about HARP lately. Um, actually, that was uh, presented on uh, uh, Jesse Ventura's show. Uh, he talked about HARP, and um, it has... Uh, and it's mind control capability. 
Um, and it is, uh, supposedly it does, it can target an individual as well as, um, groups of individuals and, and people over wide geographical areas. Reportedly, uh, they are denying that HARP, the, uh, people that work there are denying that they are, uh, that HARP has mind control capabilities at all, but, um, so that is a, that is a matter of debate in our community, and um, so supposedly, if you were to talk to um, uh, Nick Bagage, he's written a couple of books about HARP, and he can explain to you exactly how the technology works, and he believes that uh, HARP is targeting, um, you know, um, our population in the United States as well as uh, other uh, portions of the world with uh, the 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 uh the frequencies that it sends up there. Um, whether that is that is true I cannot say for sure myself, but uh it's possible. And how about chemtrails? How do you how does your membership feel uh about the the influence of chemtrails? Okay, that is also controversial in our community. Um and there are some that are affected by the chemtrails um, that have contracted uh, Morgellons disease that they feel is directly related uh, to the chemtrails. Um, and there's actually some remedies around uh, for those that have Morgellons. Uh, it's, it's a real uh, insidious disease that... Um, that people have really suffered with. But um, fortunately, some people have actually been able to deal with that effectively, the McGellans that has resulted from the chemtrail. Um, I think ultimately, if this continues, I mean, the, 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 um, uh, the residue from the chemtrails, of course, lands on everything, you know, the, uh, it's in the air, the water, uh, the food supply, everything. So it, it affects all of humanity and all of uh, animal and plant life. So this is an issue that uh, that ultimately the society is really going to have to deal with because uh, there there are health uh, consequences that are, have resulted from this. So I hope that that is addressed. Um. Derek, you mentioned that according to this whistleblower, somewhere between one and two million Americans uh, are being targeted. I mean, are there, are, are there plans, do you know, do you suspect of ramping this up so that at some point we'll wake up and we'll all be targeted individuals? I believe that is the agenda. That is the intention of the agenda. Well, even though, um, I mean, my, my feeling about that is that even though that is, that is the intention, I do not necessarily feel that that will actually happen. And why is that? Um, mainly because uh, people are becoming more aware and that at some point there will be intervention and it will be stopped. Well, that sounds like some good news, finally. So often uh, when I speak about electronic harassment and mind control, uh, it's, it's not a rosy outlook. But you were saying, I think you mentioned earlier, within the next couple of years, there will be some type of intervention. What what form would that intervention take? Would there be uh, 
would there be a um, I don't know some some piece of legislation? How is that going to how is this going to be stopped? Well, with widespread widespread public awareness, if people realize what's at stake for them, I believe that uh, cities, that states, that even Congress will act to defend not only our group but uh, their own lives. I mean, they are they are at risk, and as I stated, there are some even in Congress who are victims of this technology. But there's not a lot that, that even congressional representatives can do, not by themselves. Uh, for them to pass legislation, they're going to need the support of their colleagues, many of their colleagues. And right now, it's not political enough to uh, to pass Congress, so they they're just silent at the moment. But if the public becomes aware, and they are becoming aware, and if this becomes a national issue, which I believe is entirely possible very soon, then this would change the dynamic of our targeting and of this issue. I think that there will be solutions at that at that time. Do you have anyone in law enforcement that's a member of, of your organization? There are some that are law enforcement, former law enforcement that um, are working with us. Yeah. And do they believe that they were targeted or are being targeted as well? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, just because they are members of law enforcement doesn't mean that they can stop this, this, uh, this, uh, the targeting from happening. I think the real, uh, what's really stopping uh, this issue from being addressed is there really is not legislation on the books that specifically addresses it. So law enforcement has discretion basically to decide whether or not they'll help someone that is targeted. And even if they decide that they want to help them, there's only so much that they can do because they don't have the legal underpinning to arrest somebody for microwave harassment. The laws aren't there. Who can you direct them to if they want their environment, their home, what have you, shielded uh, to to reduce the, the harassment and the electronic uh, surveillance and so forth. I mean, we're all, many of us are familiar with Roger Tolsis from, uh, the Los Angeles area, Bug Sweep. He's very prominent, but obviously, you know, Roger can't fly all over the place. Uh, do you have resources available to people that you can direct them, uh, to, to someone who can provide countermeasures? Okay. That is, that is a tricky question. Um, there are a number of individuals um, that make that claim how effective they are is, is something else. Um, and we have actually been in search of those uh, who would have effective countermeasures. Um, lately, our group has been dealing with someone in Chicago. His name is Ed Lasinski, and he was actually featured um, in one of the... Um, a television shows lately called Legend Hunter. Uh, they did a segment, uh, they did an episode on mind control, and he was featured. And he is someone that um, that some people in our community have um, have went to uh, that have uh, um, 
they've gone to him in the past for uh, for uh, for microwave harassment, and there has been uh, mixed results with his services. Uh, so we're kind of in in search of those that can really effectively um, deal with the frequencies and free people from their suffering. Um, that is still a question mark as to who can effectively uh, do that for our community. We're still in search of someone that can definitively do that. All right. Well, Derek, uh, are there any conferences where... Um targeted individuals can go and gather and, and meet other targeted individuals sort of face-to-face, or is it all done online for the most part? We do have conferences um, occasionally. Uh, we hope to have a conference this year uh, in the Los Angeles area. Most of our um, meetings have been uh, via conference call, although we do have support groups in some cities where they, have, uh, where they do meet face-to-face. And those are very good opportunities for for networking and support uh, for those in uh, Seattle is one area where there's a good uh, support group there. Also in Portland, Portland Oregon. Um, I guess if they, if people should check the website um, for up, okay. upcoming conferences and more news, please uh, quickly give us the website again. It's PaxNTL.org, P-A-C-T-S, NTL.org is our website. PaxNTL.org. Derek, thank you so much for hanging out for two hours. Okay, thank you, Richard. Derek Robinson. My thanks to Ian, Ryan, and Albert. Back next week, we'll do Nikola Tesla. Until then, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light, what I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite, I'm coming home. Good night.